Welcome to one of, one half of one of the greatest wrestling podcasts in all of wrestling podcasts. Well, you already know it. It's your favorite podcast. <laughs> one of your favorites. You already know. I don't know, man. You already know. That's kind of how we do it. A little dramatic, as you can see. <laughs> to the people watching on our YouTube page, yes, a little bit of spiffy on today because it's a special. I was not informed. I was not informed. What is going on with this man and his in his hey. po- this ponytail? Hey. Like about to go sell some bean pies down at Greenbrier Mall over here in Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know what's going on. Hey man, listen, but listen, we're gonna roll you know, with it. We we in an award ceremony form, baby. We getting ready, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Life's a Botch Podcast End of the Year Awards Part Two Edition, featuring none other Dos. than my. Oose with the juice coming live from the south side, as y'all hear me say in the theme song, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't already know, your favorite neighborhood host, the Prince of Botch himself. Well, y'all already know, I, he already said it on the show. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Prince Botch because I be botching stuff left and right, but he has Come the on. official title. It's your boy Joshua Gresham. Hey, 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 Gresham, what is up? What is up? Know? Man, feeling good, yeah. brother. I mean, nobody said nobody has said what is up in years. I brought it back. I'm bringing it. He back. brought it back, you know, and that's how we do it on this very show. I know it's been a minute, y'all. You know, I know we had some nice fun. We had some guests, so I wanted to bring something new to the table for y'all. You know, I was talking with my oos, and I said, "Hey, man, you know what? What a year it's been." But on top of that, not only just with the year in wrestling, but hey, let's just go ahead and just start our own first annual annual end of the year award show because we some young podcasters in the game killing it you know what i'm saying bringing the content for y'all out there listening which by the way i want to shout y'all out right now because i found out something that i was totally surprised about i want to shout out producer Derek for actually sending me this information and brother josh just found this out as well but uh y'all thanks to you that's right, you out there listening. Life's a Botch is ranked among wrestling podcasts as number 135. Wow, I cannot believe that, y'all. Like, this has been one heck of a journey, one heck of a ride, and we still just getting started because, y'all, we on the road to 50. We ain't even got to 50 yet. So let's we get, wait. Let's get him to let's get him to 50. Let's Come on, let's 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 get him to 50 episodes. You Come know on. what I'm saying? So y'all keep ranking it up, keep reviewing, keep sharing, keep spreading it to your favorite wrestling fans out there. You know what I'm saying? Because we appreciate y'all. Stuff like this is why me and Josh do what we do for y'all on a full-time basis, whether we working, whether we at home, it don't even matter, whatever. We do this for y'all. And for the fact that it's just fun for us because we love wrestling and we love talking and critiquing wrestling. Nonetheless, this particular critique is in award form, baby. So without further ado, again, special thank you. And so, uh, Brother Joshua, uh, yeah. if they didn't know, they probably thinking, well, where can we listen to part one of this very ceremony? Well, simple. Go ahead and tell them how they oh, can yeah. listen. You can listen to... Part one of the end of the year ceremony 
or the year in the year awards, whatever you want to call it. I just botched it, but it is what it is. You can listen <laughs> to part one on the Gresh Unleashed podcast, which is available everywhere. All you got to do is log on to, if you don't feel like searching with Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Gresh Unleashed. But if you don't feel like searching, you can log on to joshuagresham.org and it's the first page you'll see. You It'll literally have two options. You click on the Gresh Unleashed and you click on it and it'll tell you everything you need to know about the podcast. That's Come on now. Simple, straight to the point. We there did a lot go. of things. Two hours and 35 minutes of us having laughing and having a good time. So good just time. giving you guys a head up. I know some of y'all are like, oh, that's too dang going long. Uh, well, sucks to be you. Listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I promise you, if you're listening to it on a flight, maybe you're waiting on a flight, maybe you're on the plane, maybe you're in a long car ride. I mean, trust me. By the time you listen to this conversation and how that award ceremony turned out on part one, it was so much fun. You wouldn't even realize it was two and a half hours, y'all. That's how fun and entertaining we kept it for y'all. So, without further ado, we're going to give y'all a quick recap, you know, because, you know, to y'all who probably haven't had a chance to check out my boy Josh Gresham and Gresham Least, you know what I mean? Well, let's go ahead and give the people the quick recap and uh, some live fan shout out to y'all who uh, follow the Life of Bosch podcast on Instagram because we took the results that Josh Gresham press, you know, posted on the Gresham Unleashed page, and we basically just made a little poll to see if y'all agree with our personal results. So, brother Josh, you ready to see what the people are saying right now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, well, let's do it. Let's do it. So, our first award was champion of the year and champion of the year went to none other than Mr. Adam Cole. That's right. So poll results so far, 67% of you out there agree with our decision that Adam Cole was your residential 2020 champion of the year while 33% of you out there, entitled to your opinions, of course, say that decision was false. Any thoughts on that, Josh? Hmm? If you thought it was false, you're dead wrong, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you heard Simple. it here, people. Simple, you know? So next up, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Heel of the Year. And we... Nominated, and we also chose the winner to be none other than the tribal chief himself, Mr. Roman Reigns. And believe it or not, overwhelmingly, 78% of you guys admit that that was true and agreed with us. While for some reason out there, 22% of y'all agree that it's false. So evidently y'all think there's a hill out there killing it more than Roman. I don't know. But hey, Josh, go ahead and let me know. If y'all think it's false, I get why some people think it's false. Because Roman, he came back as a heel mid-2020. Mid and we've had so many good heels that debuted or that we had like MJF and um, all these people, but you can't you can't deny that that Roman has been one of the very few heels that kept that kept you interested. 
Come on, man. That Lord knows he's kept us interested because SmackDown definitely has been it, truly it, living Smackdown up to his had title. Four million viewers when he defended the title against Kevin Owens this past Friday. Four million. They haven't reached four million since The Rock. And that was in 2019. Roman Reigns. He's Sasha a Banks. Big E. Remember those names, people. Because they are taking SmackDown to a whole nother stratosphere. Y'all say y'all want big? Didn't say that. Hey. Mm-hmm. Which is the least we can say for Monday Night Raw. But no, oh, moving on <laughs> to the next category. <laughs> Life's about people. Here we go. Moving on to the next category from part one. We moved on and we said baby face of the year. We awarded Babyface of the Year to none other than the Limitless One himself, Mr. Bass in my glory, Keith Lee. Before he was limited. Before he was limited. Agreed. Before he was limited. Nonetheless... 78% 78% of you, once again, agree with our decision. And y'all say that he indeed was baby face of the year, while 22% of you, yet again, which is arguable, I get it, you're entitled to your opinions, say that that decision was false. So Josh, any thoughts on that? I mean, I get it. I get it. Because they looking at what he's been doing recently it's like you gotta try to peel back the botch mm-hmm. pun intended that they did with uh keith lee on raw but from when he was in the nxt to beginning of the year all the way into what was that what, what was that uh it was, after, was that august yeah after SummerSlam, i believe is when they called so, yeah him. all the way up to all from from january to august he was arguably one of the biggest baby faces of the year in WWE. Agreed, 100%. So 100%. And so to those who probably wonder, I believe our honorable mention behind him was Kevin Owens. And the thing about it was Kevin Owens took a nice dip through the majority of the year. Kevin Owens, they've been so incoming that he's up, then he's down, up, then he's down, Mm -hmm. up. They don't, if they give, if they give the ball to Kevin Owens, he will be up there with Stone Cold. Mm, or agreed. your Stone Cold's, your your uh, who else was a top babyface? The Rocks. Like he he can mm-hmm. be he can hold his own as yeah. a babyface or a heel. Just give him a prominent role. Agreed, agreed. And I think now, thanks to Roman Reigns, Roman might have just found his opposing rival in some sense, based off how that cage match ended. But we'll we'll get to our thoughts on that towards the end. You know, give a little quick thought on that, but. Moving on to the next category that we uh, covered in part one. We chose for our championship win of the year, none other than the boss herself, Miss Sasha Banks. Yes, yes, y'all. So fresh, y'all. There you go. 
Thank you for the interesting theme music to play in the background of that with the graphic. Ha! Great dog. Great job, sir. Nonetheless, <laughs> feels like a real episode of WWE, doesn't it, people? I know. That's why we do this here on the show. Now, 78% of you on the poll, which again, if you want to continue voting, it is still live. Just head over to Life's a Botch podcast on Instagram. You got within 24 hours before it disappears for the day. So make sure you head over there and just continue to show your votes. But right now, 78% of you out there agree with our decision to nominate and name Sasha Banks as your championship win of the year with her beating Bailey and their rivalry from a friendship gone the other way as the championship win of the year. 22% of you yet again, though, disagree and say that is false. Anything to say about that, John? How can you say it's false? <laughs> Come on. I don't remember any championship wins that were better. This is the internet. This is the IWC. I'm right. You're wrong. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's your point. It's your opinion. I'm yeah, well, you it's, I'm again, it's your opinion. Don't, don't, don't. This is this is our collab show. So what we say goes in this in this instance, you know, we're not always going to agree with awards that are given out and other, you know, come on. Source awards. How many times did you disagree with a lot of people back then or the MT? You name it. I mean, guys, heck, the Slammies. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So listen, people, at the end of the day, it's love. And this is just our personal agreed decision and opinion. You know, so if you don't rock with it, it's cool. We respect who you think is the resident winner of this particular category. Now, moving on to the next category, we've got return of the year going to none other than I, Mr. I Superstar Ed Blanche, broken green, leave it all. Oh man, I was wondering how long he was gonna keep that one up, boy. I was <laughs> about to say the whole lyrics while you play it. Like, I know it's a good song. It's a great song. It's a great thing. Like, I'm Listen, me it's number it one on my me, playlist. Come on now. Yeah, this, listen, Metal Angus is truly one of the greatest theme songs ever. That's how you pronounce it? Yeah, Metal Angus. I've been calling it Metal, Metal Angus for the longest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's okay. Alter Bridge, no offense. It's okay. It happens. However you pronounce it is exactly what it is. You know it. It's still a great song. Nonetheless, of you out there as well, and it should be, agree that Edge deserved return of the year, which why would you go against that? That wouldn't make sense. You know you were marking out and did not expect Edge to make that return at the Royal Rumble earlier this year. So there we go. There you have it. No debate. It is what it is, Josh. 100% 100% of the fans agree with our decision. Obvious, right? Moving on to the next one. For our breakout star of the year, we have none other than Mr. Chris Bay from Impact Wrestling. And man, check this out. 
91% of you out there, including Mr. Chris Bay himself. That's right, people. Chris Bay even agrees with our decision. So it doesn't even matter about you 9% out there that say otherwise, because even Chris Bay agrees with our decision for him being our <laughs> resident breakout star of the year. His so, opinion matters. Yeah. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Chris Bay, we would love to have you on board and interview you soon. So when you see this and you hear this, man, it's much love. You are truly the breakout star of the year, and we will see you soon, my friend. Nonetheless, Josh, anything to say about that one, brother? I mean, it's obvious, brother. He's it he's he, he's he's the breakout star. Come on, there's now. no there's no argument there. <laughs> none, none whatsoever. I mean, it's completely true. Nonetheless, we're moving on to the next category where we've got the best woman's wrestler of 2020. And ladies and gentlemen, that was a very tough category based off the nominees. Again, I'm not going to run down the nominees. You have to check out part one on Gresh Unleashed if you want to know who were the nominees. But nonetheless, our winner of Best Women's Wrestler of 2020 belongs to Miss Io Shirai. And ladies and gentlemen, a hundred percent of you out there agree with our decision. So I guess that's not debate, right? Not debatable. Anyone else want to go against it? No, no crickets. <laughs> okay, cool. Moving it, it, on. <laughs> it, it, it's Charlotte Flair. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next category, people. We have Advocate of the Year. To all the dudes who know who the advocates are. So, without that being said, our Advocate of the Year winner for this year is none other than the fly, the one. The only Mr. Bullet MVP himself, also pretty much owner of the Hurt Business, if you will. And 91% of you out there agree with our decision to choose Mr. Montel Vontavious Porter. Business is booming. As business is booming, baby. Advocate of the year. So, congratulations to you, Mr. MVP. You are truly the advocate of the year. Now, 9% of you out there don't agree with that decision. Don't know what's going through your heads there. Maybe you're a Paul Heyman guy. And if you are, I ain't mad at you. I get it. He was our runner-up, I believe. I believe he was our runner-up. So yes, he was our runner-up, yeah. If you chose Paul Heyman in that 9%, we ain't mad at you. But 91% of y'all agree with us, which means the decision is Dominant. You hear it? Get what I did there? Dominant. Like the United States champion. Nonetheless. The continue. chief hurt officer. <laughs> there we go. So moving on to our next category from part one was acquisition of the year for all of our free agents out there who were floating or maybe you got let go from another company and found your way in another company signing you, you know, all that good stuff. Well, we have none other, ladies and gentlemen, than Miss Deanna Perrazzo. 
as our resident acquisition of the year. 88% of you out there so far agree with our decision on Miss Diana. While 12% of you out there say that was false. Mr. Josh Gresham, you got anything to say to that 12% out there? Who else would you pick? <laughs> Who else would you pick is my question. Again, we're not going to run through the nominees. So if you want to know the answer to that and you want to know well who she was up against, you got to tune in to Gresh Unleashed because this is Life's a Botch and this is part two. So this is just a recap. So make sure you tune in if you want to know the nominees. But who else would you pick? I don't know. Anyways, moving on to the final would category. Would you pick Miro? <laughs> this dude, this dude, this dude has been the 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 sidekick to the the least interesting dude in the world, Kip Sabian. So they've been literally botching, pun intended, his his whole run. Yes, no, haven't they? Well, nonetheless, I guess this just leaves the final category from part one of the end of the year awards featuring Gresh Unleashed and Life's a Botch podcast. Here we go with the best tag team of 2020. And ladies and gentlemen, our winner for best tag team of 2020 was none other than the four man stable itself. Mix them up how you wanna mix them. The undisputed Error. I, did it. I, did it. I did the hand gesture. I, I could not figure it out Come for the on. longest. Come on, baby. Listen, there you go. It, it, it's it, in there. There I you go. Little, I look a little struggled, but yeah. it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I that feel hurt. that. I feel that, man. It hurt I my finger it. a little bit. Hold I'm on. with you. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so far, as far as our fan interaction on Instagram, again, you can interact and you can still vote so if you want to go through all these categories and vote and see how you felt about our decisions head over to the life's a botch podcast check out our stories and you can go ahead and cast your vote on if you agree or disagree with our decision for who won each category so 71 percent of you out there agree with us on the undisputed era as the best tag team in the year of 2020 while for some odd reason 29% of you say that's false. So I mean, I get it. I, I, you're fans of FTR. You're fans of the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks. I get it. Even though they're spot monkeys. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I Hey, you know, at the end of the day, people, again, this is our thoughts. This is our show. This is our award ceremony that we created. Okay? So, who we choose is who we choose. And that just leads us to part two because we got more categories to choose. So yeah. without further ado, let's get it started. Let's get it on. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh now, hold up now. Let's Wrong show, wrong show, <laughs> wrong show. Wait a minute, <laughs> no. Gotta keep PG, gotta keep PG, gotta keep it PG. <laughs> Not happening tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Life's a Botch podcast end of the year edition of the award show, part two, featuring my boy from Gresham Unleashed, Josh Gresham. Here we go. So let's go ahead and get started 
with our very first award. We are going to introduce an award where this is all about the person who is completely underrated. I mean, they're just, for whatever reason, a workhorse out there. Maybe they're just the guy putting over another guy or the girl putting over another girl, you know, or maybe they're just that person that just for some reason, it's just literally not really known amongst people as much as they should be. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about the most underrated wrestler of the year. That is right. So here are our categories. Here are our nominees under this particular category. Are you ready? Let's get it. Are First you ready up. For a good time? Oh, 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 no, he didn't. Not <laughs> oh, goodness. That's not even a theme song anymore. God, I believe you. But anyway, <laughs> I said it, hey, <laughs> it's gone. Nonetheless, nonetheless. All right. Categories for most underrated wrestler of the year. Let's get it started. First up, I have Willie Mack from Impact Wrestling. Next up, I've got Jungle Boy from the Jurassic Express. And to those of you who don't know, that's Luke Perry's son, you know, so... Just in case you didn't know that. Rest in peace, Luke Perry. Uh, So Jungle Boy from AEW, a part of the Jurassic Express tag team. And then we have Rich Swan, your residence reigning, defending, impact wrestling heavyweight champion himself. And then we have a lady in this category as well. I am talking none other than Miss Sonya. DeVille. Daddy DeVille. Daddy DeVille. You already know. So, I present to you the nominees for most underrated wrestler of the year, Mr. Gresham Oos. I'm going to pass this over to you and see who you got for your most underrated wrestler of the year. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, so. So, so so many to look look at. So many to look at. Let me talk a little louder because I know somebody probably can't hear me. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. it's okay. It's okay. I apologize. I apologize. Most underrated wrestler of the year. I go with my boy, Chocolate Thunder. Mm. Or, uh, Mr. Willie Mack. Ooh, Mr. Willie I gotta go with Mack. Mr. Willie Mack. I gotta, because wow. I remember I remember watching him from Lucha Underground and yes, yes. that and he, when he signed with Impact, I was like, all right, okay, you're doing some things, you're doing some things. So I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go with my boy Willie Mack. But mm. I gotta get I gotta I gotta give a give a runner up to Sonya Deville because she 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 did her um thing at SummerSlam. Unfortunately, she had that situation with the stalker crap. Mm-hmm. And hopefully she's better for it because I believe she's. I think she says she's done. Mm. So, um, I I gotta I got those. That's my pick. I gotta go with Willie Mack. I gotta go with Willie Mack. Mm. So, who you got? Who you? Got? Man, Oosh, you know you made that a very very tough one for your boy. You did. You did. And you know what? In all honesty, we are right at the same. Par level with that, my friend. 
just like we were on part one for the most part, because I also have to give this title to Mr. Willie Mack, because like you, I have followed this man since his days in Lucha Underground. And to see a man who you would think is not as athletic. I mean, he's got that Keith Lee effect to him. You know, you look at him and you think, okay, that guy can't do much. Maybe he's one of these built like, you know, the old school wrestlers, you know, where it's like, you didn't have to have much of a build. You know, you were just out there just slugging it out. You know what I mean? And then you see that this is a guy that can move, that can do all kinds of cruiserweight light moves. I mean, again, he's got that Keith Lee like effect and um, he's very charismatic, very entertaining to watch. And I mean, for whatever reason, he seems to be very under the radar. It's like he's a fan favorite, and yet you don't really see him in that main event level he, just yet. It's, it's like he's a fan favorite when he, when he's trending, and that's the problem mm-hmm. that doesn't need to happen because he's too talented, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's he he is the Andy Keith Lee, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Before they limited Keith Lee. He's the indie keep like he he does things that you shouldn't do mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Agreed. No, I totally agree with you there. And um, more importantly, I also agree with you on the runner-up being Miss Sonia Deville, aka Daddy Deville, because her radar has always been underrated amongst. I mean, when you talk about the women's division, it actually when we talk about how it's suffering right now on the main roster level, outside of the main core of women that are doing their thing, Sonya Deville was just about to get started. She was just about to catapult after finally going under the radar for so long. People, we acknowledged her and realized like, yo, she is definitely, we knew her and Mandy were good. Both of them were good, but we knew something about Sonya Deville though, her makeup seemed just like star ready, you know? And for whatever reason, right, she just, they just kept holding her, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, right when that feud with her and Mandy began to start this year, and it led all the way up to that SummerSlam, I mean, she was literally showcasing the promo of a lifetime and showing you guys that she's meant to be in the spotlight, but Unfortunately, given to a real life situation with some of you jerks out there, you know, some of you pansies who like to do things that you shouldn't do at all, at all, because it's not cool sneaking in people's houses and whatnot, you know, that's not cool. Nonetheless, we're not here to spotlight you. We are here to spotlight Miss Sonya Deville. And again, it's just unfortunate that because of the ignorance of other people, that it <clears throat> caused her to take a step back. And I hope that's not completely true about her being done. Uh, we would love to see her make a return and definitely pick up where she left off and just be a full force, just a true force that the women's division, you know, give it a kick that it really needs right about now because just imagine her coming out of the blue and feuding with Sasha Banks right now for that women's championship or, or just coming out the blue and just feuding with Oscar. You know, I mean, either way you twist it, there's so much you could do with that woman when she comes back, if she comes back. Nonetheless, take all the time you need, but she is definitely underrated and our residential runner-up for most underrated female and wrestler 
of 2020. Heck, you can 1A, 1B it if you want yep. for the females. You know what I'm saying? But nonetheless, we're going to move on to the next category. Now, 2020, Lord knows it's had its fair share of surprises. Mm. Moments that have just made you go, what the heck? What in the world? Heck, it's an understatement. What, what <laughs> seriously, you know, what's made you go, really? The WTF, if you will, right? Yep. Here, I present you guys with the nominees for the shocker of the year. So, ladies and gentlemen, get your seatbelts, get your popcorn, because here we go on a ride with all of these nominees. Coming up first, we've got the man, Becky Lynch, announcing to the world that she is going to be a mother and is pregnant as she relinquishes the women's championship. The title that she held for so long relinquished it to Oscar because she's going to be a mommy. All right. Then our next nominee goes to the AEW Impact Wrestling crossover that we've seen and that is carrying itself into the following year. When Kenny Omega became your residential reigning defending AEW heavyweight champion, partnered up with Don Callis, a man who runs Impact Wrestling and has known Kenny Omega for all of his life. And then they just take off and bring the belt from AEW to Impact Wrestling. And now we even have a crossover main event coming where the Bullet Club is reunited. The Good Brothers and Kenny Omega going up against Rich Swan, And as we know it, the Motor City Sheen Guns. So there's that category, you know, that's one nominee. And then we have another nominee Next up, we got the Edge return at the Royal Rumble. Definitely a moment worth never forgetting for this year alone. Just the roar of the crowd, hearing that theme song, thinking, are we being trolled right now? Or is this really this person? And we see him and we're like, yo, he's coming to the Rumble. Oh my goodness. Years after so many neck surgeries and announcing his retirement. And then next up, we've got the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, aligning himself with Paul Heyman, announcing himself as the tribal chief and truly showing us wrestling fans that he is now a heel figure in professional wrestling, which is what so many of us wanted. And last but not least, they say you saved the best for last. This is probably saving the worst and most shocking for last. Ladies and gentlemen, we have where Bill Goldberg himself defeats the fiend Bray Wyatt at a Saudi Arabian pay-per-view for the Universal Championship, giving the fiend Bray Wyatt his first initial pinfall loss. Ladies and gentlemen, those are your nominees for the shocker 
of the year. So, Oos, who takes home this title? Hmm. <sighs> oh, wait, we forgot a nominee. I'm oh. sorry. It was oh. a botch. Ladies and gentlemen, I had a Steve Harvey. I forgot a nominee. Hold on. That's not it. We've got one more nominee. Can't forget the man that they call Steve. Making, I know you hate that, but still making his residential. I'm trying to keep it PG. I was literally about to just, I was literally about to say, oh, (laughs) with that sting. (laughs) I got to keep it PG. Ladies and gentlemen. Sting makes his long-awaited arrival, or unexpected arrival for that matter, and returns to TNT for the first time since the initial shutdown of WCW in 2001. Sting arrives in AEW. So, now that all the nominees have been announced for the Shocker of the Year, Mr. Gresham, Oos, who you got? taking this one well before he annoyed me with the sting uh i gotta go i'm gonna be honest with you i gotta go with sting's arrival in aew because i completely wrote him off after he retired in 2015 i was like okay sting's retired he's gonna be another one of those guys i wasn't those because i know it had it was a rumor that oh he's he's leaving his contract with the WWE has expired. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. He's going to officially retire, whatever. The re- and the reason why I chose Sting over Edge's return because Edge, it was kind of leaked online, so it really did. It shocked me, but it didn't shock me. I was like, oh, okay, because usually when stuff gets leaked, they change the they change. Vince changes his mind. He changes everything. So I was like, oh, okay, so now that I know this is happening. He's not coming out. And I'm like, oh, he's coming out. He's here. Cool. But and I'm gonna be honest with you. Edge's return feel like so long ago. It was just January, but it feels like 20 years ago. I don't know why. That's probably why I picked Sting over. Because Sting, yeah, I had to go with Sting, but the runner-up would have to be Edge. Sting's Sting's return to TNT or arrival in AEW. Is my go-to. Goldberg defeats the Fiend, I don't care for. I was more pissed off than anything. Uh, The AEW Impact crossover, I kind of... It's like, that's number three for me. Because I think I didn't really... I didn't really see a cross-promotion happening in 2020 at all. So when it happened, I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then Becky Lynch's pregnancy and Roman's heel turn... They they kind of fall at the bottom because Roman turning here was years in the making, took them long enough. And Becky Lynch's pregnancy, congratulations and a lot of those WWE milking the heck out of it and selling merchandise. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. Sting's arrival <clears throat> is the winner for me. And Edge's return is the runner-up. But this is your show. Who do you pick? Man. You know what? Oos via split decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm sorry, man. You know what? 
Like I said, it's your show, so you you pick the winner <laughs> by default. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, man. The Sting arrival was shocking, but I spoke it into existence, and my producer Derek can actually vouch for this. I spoke it into existence because I literally brought up the man's name to bring right here on this very show for you guys to talk to an interview. And as soon as I turn my head, I see this man right on my television. <laughs> and at that point, I knew that, okay, clearly, your boy is a prophet on top of a prince of botch, I guess, because I had no clue. But I bring up this man's name, and next thing I know, there he is on my television screen. So actually, based off of these, I got to give it to the one and the only Goldberg defeating the Fiend. What? <laughs> I gotta listen. You just don't understand. I remember when that, that match was been being the cringe. <laughs> it should have been the cringe. That should have been the cringe because that made me mad. But uh, <laughs> the thing about that was the fact that it was like, okay, the match happened. It was being booked, and I said, "All right, this can go one of two ways because I see it going this way." But then. I would hope it goes that way. I'm like, okay, well, Goldberg has lost already before. Surely he can put over the fiend because the fiend <laughs> looks very, you know, right? Right, right. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I don't really know. It was it was one of those outcomes to be completely honest. <laughs> completely honest. It was an outcome that I didn't really know how it could turn out. I said, okay, I can see it this way. I can see it that way. I can see the Fiend win. I can see Goldberg win. I don't really know. But then comes the actual pinfall. <laughs> and based off all these gimmick-like finishes we've seen from the Fiend, if you really think about it, I just thought, okay, maybe this just ends in a no contest. A no contest, right? At You're least. You're not about to go past... But you're not about to swing past this this botched uh, jackhammer. This dude literally that was a suplex. That was not a jackhammer. That man, hey, that was a hey, that was a hey, that was a hard hey, we're, we're getting to that. Wait, we're getting to that, sir. Nonetheless, the fact that in this match, I literally thought Bill Goldberg. I was like, okay, this could just go 50-50 in outcome, but maybe it just ends in a no contest. You know, we've seen these things in WWE before screwy finishes no contest like okay who got the win whatever you know i'm thinking that's probably what it could have been but then i see the actual pinfall <laughs> and i'm like this really just happened <laughs> <laughs> they just took the hottest act going into this year the hottest character and they just squashed them one, two, three, like it was nothing effortlessly. Like, what the heck? So, for me personally, guys, 
I have to say that's the shocker of the year because did you really, really <laughs> think they would take one of their – I mean, sure, it's one thing for Bray to lose to The Undertaker. Yes. Yes. Right? It's one that's, thing. You just answered your own question. Bray <laughs> lost to The Undertaker. He <laughs> Undertaker could have put Bray over. He could have. Or go back further. John was, Cena could have put Bray over. True. So this that is, was Colt Bray. This is Fiend Bray. He was Bray. over, too. <laughs> Bray was over, too, when you think about it. When he first came in in 2013, all they had to do was get this man a big win. He lost to John Cena. Barry. Yeah. He lost to the Undertaker. <laughs> then he died and came back, and he was interesting again. And then they buried him with Goldberg. After that. <laughs> Albeit that was technically they buried him with Seth Rollins, but I guess if you want, I wouldn't really say they buried that. him with Seth Rollins. I would say they more so they botched that whole Hell in the Cell thing. I never want to see Hell in the Cell again. <laughs> <laughs> and nonetheless, we actually did see a Hell in the Cell three times, <laughs> three times since that. But um, my runner-up actually does go to sting on that note though because it was a very awesome moment it was very talked about it was highly rated i do believe it was um, that was their they, i think that was the the highest view video that they ever released that they've since. ever released exactly and, since and they started so it, in terms of what it is then from what you say in terms of what it is i remember this fiend situation being talked about just as much for the wrong reasons. So again, the rest of the world has to agree with you boy here to say nobody really expected that. You might have had a feeling if you, you didn't really think they were if you were a casual that. fan, you wouldn't expect it. I've been through some things <laughs> watching wrestling to the point where I I expect it. Oh, yeah. like, I expect them to do it, but I hope that they don't do it. And they did it. And I'm like, <laughs> yep, that's that's it. And it's that's like you it. had a gold mine in the palm of your hand. Wyndham Rotunda is one mm. of the most brilliant minds in professional wrestling. And that is not a work. That is a shoot. Mm. That is true. One of the most brilliant minds he made. He did. He dug deep into the Bray Wyatt, the cult personality. They watered him down when he came to the main roster because the cult leader in NXT was darker. They watered him down when he came to the main roster. They had the Fiend. He literally destroyed Finn Balor so much so he returned to NXT as the Prince. He didn't want to do the Demon King no more. The Fiend was, was a monster. People will probably like to argue, oh, the Fiend... I thought you said the Fiend should be the world champion. I never said the Fiend should be universal champion. The Fiend should have debuted at SummerSlam and went on a year tear. At this SummerSlam is when he should have won the Universal Heavyweight Championship after a year of being dominant. Not two months of being dominant. A year. They were just so... It's like... They were just so ready to like, okay, we got we, we got money in the bag. Let's just let's just milk it now. It's like you're not thinking long term. 
put him up. They should have should have went on a year to get revenge on everybody. And then that final should have been Roman Reigns, Universal Champion. Mm. It, he would have got over. At least he would. At least you would have had a year dominant reign because the reason why Kane. People like to compare it like the reason why Kane worked, even though he won the world title twice, mm-hmm. when he lost it, he looked dominant losing. They had this man lose to Goldberg and with a half jack jackhammer cross breaker. I don't know, I don't even know if it's a jackhammer anymore. That's what it wasn't a jackhammer. So I kind of get why you pick that. It it I would say it shocked the most casual person, but for me. I expected it because it's Vince McMahon. He does that all. <laughs> it's Vince McMahon. Agreed, my friend. Agreed. And 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 again, you know, we definitely are casual you, you know, viewers. But in that heated moment of just the fact that they actually chose to go with this, knowing it could have went either way. Because again, yeah. we've seen Goldberg lose in WWE, so it's not impossible. He lost to Paul Levesque. Or Triple H for those who want to be technical. Technical. Exactly. So, see, Goldberg can lose. He can lose. And, so people, I thought, and people, I think people, they like, why are you mad at Goldberg? He doesn't make the decision. He's old enough in the business to where he could have literally said, I don't think this is a good idea. He just wanted the payday. And you know what his excuse was? Oh, the, fa- the I don't want the, I want the fans to think I'm still a superhero. These kids don't know who you are, sir. They don't know who Goldberg is outside of your kid. Come on, man. And speaking of who's known, it's funny because that's a great transition, my friend. You see, there are so many people out there who feel that they're known or who may completely be all the way known. But then there are the ones who may be known, but they're unknown. At the same time, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I present the next category. Compliments of Three Six Mafia with this very infamous title. I present the Mister Known Unknown Award. So this is an award specifically dedicated to the people out there, the wrestlers out there that are just there. They're literally there you know who they are but you don't know who they are because for whatever reason they're not on that next level yet or for whatever reason maybe the man the regime the authority the higher ups are mm-hmm. pressing them down to the ground or maybe this maybe the promotion they're on is not known enough either or I present the nominees for Mr. Known Unknown. Here we go. We have Mr. Cowboy himself, Adam Page. Now, Cowboys, I can't say <laughs> Come on now. We've got your number one impact and most important impact heavyweight champion in his mind. And he sure carries it that way. Mr. Moose. 
Moose. And we have your residential hero turned into rebellious villain of a certain group who will not be named right now, Mr. Mustafa Ali. Why did man change his name like that? <laughs> Mustafa. Like, bro, it's must. You've been calling him Mustafa Ali for like 20 years and you're talking about Mustafa. Like, well, like bro, you can't change nobody's habits because we've been calling you Mustafa or Mustafa for, for years. And you're like, ooh, it's that Mustafa. Mustafa, my man, you don't sit your mustard face down somewhere. I'm not gonna call you Mustafa. I'm gonna call you Mustafa Ali, like I've been calling you. Hey, well, you heard it, people. There you Not go. Unless he is a nominee, Mustafa, Mustafa, tomato, tomato, however you want to pronounce it, ladies and gentlemen, we have him as a nominee. And of course, last but not least, none other than Sonia Deville. So, Eddie Deville, Daddy Deville, sir, Oos, I must ask, sir, who do you have taking the title of Mr. Known Unknown? Part of me wants to give this to Adam Page, but because he's on AEW, he's kind of more known than mm-hmm. unknown. And same goes with, honestly, Mustafa mm-hmm. Ali. Because he's, even though he's in a Botchfield uh, stable right now, he's, uh, who actually won, they didn't win Cringe of the Year. What did they win? Retribution won something. <laughs> but yeah, they won something. I think it was either. I believe it was. Uh, I think it was. I think it was cringe. cringe? I believe it was cringe of the year. Or was that Becky biting? Or was that Becky biting her neck? Oh, you know what? That was was that Shayna biting Becky's neck. That was Becky getting the blood back. (laughs) (laughs) That party city blood back. Come on now. I think that one. uh, (laughs) Most. What was it? Most. I'm about to pull it out right now. Uh, Overused. (laughs) <laughs> uh no 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 uh retribution won the oh hell no moment of the year oh hell no moment of the year again ladies and gentlemen to catch a lot of these categories i gave you a sample taste of some of the categories but you have to check out the rest of these categories over on gresham leash the go. podcast where you hear your voice of deviltry that is me <laughs> but um yeah i will have to go I'm gonna have to go for Mr. Mo- Mr. Known uh, uh, I know you probably don't agree, but I have to go with Sonya Deville on this one. I don't know why, because mm-hmm. it's like she was hitting her stride mm-hmm. with uh with her feud with Mandy, because mm-hmm. she was giving me Victoria vibes. Remember yes. Victoria from 2002 when she was in the feud with Trish mm-hmm. Stratus? She was giving me. That type of vibe, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, they're, they're going somewhere. Then that whole fiasco with that idiot, um, invading her home just mm-hmm. made her leave the business or for take a break. Wh- who knows wh- what happened in 2021? Mm-hmm. But she's taking a break right now, 
hopefully she comes back and just just kills it. But yeah, I think she was that one that people kind of they're kind of they kind of forgot about because if you're trying to go off if you try to go off the Sammy Awards, I think she should have they should have been nominated for a robbery of the year. Her versus and nominating Lana's announce table is like okay. that that you yeah. have a point. You have a point there, sir. So yeah, my 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 my, my pick is Sonya Deville. The runner up will be Moose. Mmm. Okay. All right. So man, listen, we are on par with that one because that's exactly how I have that. I have Sonya Deville taking this one as your Mr. Known Unknown because as you so greatly put it, a woman with such a bright star that was just about to shine that much more. And Lord knows where this rivalry with her and Mandy could have continued to go because it didn't seem, it seemed over, but you know how they say, it's like, oh, it's not really over. You know what I mean? Other storyline got mixed in between that where they could have carried it just a little bit more if they wanted to. Or Sonya Deville could have went over, but we knew she wasn't after the situation with Mr. Idiot. And because of that, Residently speaking, she could have went over if it was not for that situation and her star would have continued to shine and 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 in Mandy's case in some other way hers would have shined in a different light but Sonya definitely is truly known because we know who she is we remember who she is but like you said and that was a great point using that she and Mandy didn't even get nominated for rivalry of the year and that was Definitely a very one of the most intriguing storylines of the year, you know. It for carried sure. the it carried the no crowd situation because the, the the it started off with the whole Mandy and Otis stick, and then it converted to betrayal, and they both did their best to try to. Even though the SummerSlam match probably could have been better, but I get I get all the slap because. Literally, they both were literally dealing with that situation, so it's like, yo, okay, they they killed it. Like the promo work, like Sonya's promo work is like, yo, she was basically putting a lot of current talent to shame with her promo work. And even though it's it was, I know it was scripted, but she was passionate about it. Mm. So, and they tried to incorporate it into the storyline, the whole situation. And Sonya's like, f off. I, I, mm. I still want I still want a piece of you. So, because it had leaked out that they were in the same house together, and you know the you know the kayfabe elitists they like mm-hmm. y'all gonna keep the kayfabe alive. Kayfabe died in 2011 with CM Punk. Mm. Come on now. So it's like, yeah, I, that was a missed opportunity. Hopefully, she comes back and she does she does her thing. If not, wish her all the well. So. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah, that's my pick. Mm, I love it, man. And it's my pick, and I definitely agree with Moose as the runner-up. Uh, he was going to almost edge Sonya for that, but again, uh, he he had a situation where he feuded with EC3, and, you know, like I said, they're, that was they're keeping him relevant. You know, uh, they're, they're doing things with them where he's getting pushed, but again, I think it's more so just 
I think he's hitting his ceiling with Impact a little bit, maybe. Uh, I know he hasn't really won the championship before. What's up with this in this TNA World Championship? I'm like, man, TNA ain't been relevant in a while, so why are you wearing their belt? You know, it was funny because that, that came from Tessa's situation. And that's what started that because yeah. they didn't have a champion. He felt that he was the champion. Uh, and so we got Tessa to blame for this. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, essentially, yeah, you do. Uh, one would argue that if Tessa had still remained with the company as the champion, Moose arguably could have catapulted himself to be the person to take that title from her. Uh, but it didn't quite happen because she was being on some petty level, which we covered before already in part one. So uh, make sure you tune in again to Gresh Unleashed if you want to know more about that side. Um, so I think we got one more category. Actually, we have or a new two. category that just oh, made its okay. debut. We have a new category that just got added to the fray. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you. He's shooting from the hip, so I have no idea from what the this hip. <laughs> I present to you a category that makes wrestling exactly what it is. Because as wrestling fans, if it's not for this, what are we watching wrestling for? I don't know. The athleticism is cool, but... You need a story to tell. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I present you with the category for Storyline of the Year. And oh. here are the nominees for Storyline of the Year. We have Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. Right, battle of right. friends, longtime friends. One's kept in another shadow. The other one is all about looks. So you know, storyline, clashing, secret admirer. Oh wait, setting it up. But we'll get to that. Nonetheless, <clears throat> let's go to the next category where we have Eddie Kingston versus. John Moxley. Oh, and those straight know, to the point. Simple, straight to the point. Boys back in the day, you left me hanging. You got big and famous and let me in the dirt to try to grind it out. So now I got beef with you. What's up? Simple. Simple. Ain't no, no hokey pokey. None, none of that, that stuff. Okay. This might win. <clears throat> Next up, we've got. The Otis and Mandy Rose love story. Ladies and gentlemen, Otis was viewed as the guy, the underdog, the man who had such a crush on one of the hottest women on the planet, thinking, do I have a chance with her? You know, do I have a chance with her? How can I get with her? How can I make this happen? And in comes a guy like Dolph. You know, the typical prototype long-haired blonde guy with the abs and the athleticism sneaking on on the side right when you got your date and he comes swooping on in. I got better abs. You know? <laughs> what up, Mandy? How you doing? <laughs> Coming all smooth and whatnot, right? Yeah, you know. You know how that go. 
there's always that guy, Mr. Steal Your Girl, right? You know, <laughs> uh, neither do you know. Next up, we have the battle of best friends turn bitter enemies, Miss Sasha Banks versus Bailey. Bailey. Who was going to turn on who? Bailey took the upper hand and turns on Sasha because she felt like Sasha was going to try to do it first. So she went and she did it, ending a friendship of a long time. Well, where could that go? Simple, to the point, yet such a story worth telling that goes way back, way, way, way back in the day. And of course, last but not least, your next nominee and final nominee for storyline of the year, none other than Roman Reigns versus wow. Jay Uso. The Dang battle sense. of cousins. Is with the, <laughs> the battle of cousins from the islands of Samoa, dating back to the days of A. I was on you whooping your butt back when we was kids. <laughs> and I'm going to whoop your butt now, son. You ain't nowhere near my level. You can't handle this. You ain't ready for this. I brought you to this level. That was I my tried to put line. food on your table. That was my favorite line. <laughs> so, <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. There we have it, our nominees for Storyline of the Year. Oops, tell me, who takes this home? Roman versus Jay, hands down. <clears throat> hands down, Roman versus Jay. Is it, I'm surprised this wasn't even nominated for Robbery of the Year for the Slammies because this had everybody's interest all year, literally. So it's like, why not? This man just turned heel. Jay Uso was written off as the other twin of the mm -hmm. Usos. Mm -hmm. He still got me questioned to this day. What will happen with Jimmy? Because Jay can be a solo guy for the rest of his career, and I'll be fine with it. That's how good this one storyline they had a hell in the cell and they had the class of champions, which I still recommend people to go back to watch the class of champions because Roman was just talking all that you can think of. And that man made you feel empathy for, for Jay and rage for him, which you really don't really get that in, in today's wrestling. You either get bo pure boredom or pure excitement. Never that extra emotion where it's rage. That was a the, the wrestling itself was so basic. They'll tell you themselves. The wrestling itself was so basic, but the story was there. So my pick for rivalry or storyline of the of the year is Roman Reigns Tribal Chief acknowledged me as the head of the table. Either you acknowledge me or you are, you're done. You're out. You're, you're exiled from the family. Simple. It's, it's not too dragged out. The, the, the promos wasn't hokey and cheesy. Roman, well, courtesy of Paul Heyman, but who else, what else would you expect when Paul Heyman's involved? Mm -hmm. Promos was great. 
Jay was believable as a babyface when he accepted his position as not the head of the table after Hell in the Cell. He's been great up to this point. 2021, it's the year of the bloodline. It's the year of the tribal chief because I'm pretty sure Jimmy's coming back soon. So hopefully they just go crazy for the next year. But that is my my rivalry of the year, and whoop, and the and honestly, I don't have no runner up because that's the only one I can think of. <laughs> that's the only <laughs> one I can really think of. Interesting. Okay, so well, uh, once again, we are totally in agreement on what we take for this category and this award. Uh, I am definitely giving this to Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso as storyline of the year because it's amazing how that just unfolded like you said such a basic story and yet it added up so well it wrote itself their family their bloodline their history within the company from their bloodline you know uso's father roman's father the wild samoans i mean generations upon generations of Samoans in WWE leading to this very point you have one who is the head of the table and wanting to be acknowledged as that wanting to show that I am the representer of this island of Samoa right now I it is my time I am the guy that is carrying this generation in our family yet you have the cousin who's looked at in a little brother like kind of way where he's like yo look at me I make the family proud too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I can do this. I'm able to do this too. We ain't no slouches. You know what I mean? We've been tag team champions multi, you know, doing matches of the year, tag team of the year, two times. You know what I'm saying? And all this type of stuff, but just showing that, hey, you know what? I may be on my own. Y'all think of me as just this tag team star, but I could do this too, you know? And so to have that underdog role, it just was such a beautiful picture painted story between these two and to what is arguably the greatest match ever formed in a hell in a cell and arguably the greatest I quit match in terms of two gimmicks into one. You could arguably say it's the greatest I quit match of all time right now with just how much emotion and, and from a story fuel. from a story pr- perspective yes yes you know from what I'm saying? a greatest of all time it can be debatable between that and orton versus cena mm. ah good one that's a good point there and so that why that's why i say you know this definitely uh tallied up and i mean we see the storyline still continuing in a separate light in a way of now you're underneath me and you do as I say, you know, but it continues to where it could refute itself again at some point down the line. They found a way to keep this thing carrying even in modern day right now in a separate light. So that being said, this definitely takes it, but my runner up most definitely is going to go to Sasha and Bailey. Simply okay. because even though we saw where it was going and we knew where it was headed, 
a lot of us did not expect Bailey to be the one to actually do the turn. Oh, yeah. A lot of us predicted Sasha would be the one to make that turn, but yet they swerved us. Yep. And they had Bailey say, it was no, too I'm going to It would have been predictable. It would have been predictable. It would have been predictable. And the fact that they did that made this rivalry what it was. It made it awesome. Uh, these women have had chemistry since their days at NXT Brooklyn, you know, and we know that they can tear the house down. Finally, they did it right versus the way they tried to do it years ago where they drug it out to where we didn't even care anymore. They did this the right way this time and in a way that kept Bailey on fire as one of the greatest female heels right now in modern day. And making Sasha, yeah, she, because because people ro- rolled off Bailey as a heel because they were so used to her that cheesy hug mm-hmm. hugger gimmick. So when they did that, I'm like, mm-hmm. exactly, okay, they, that works. Bailey shows that she can be the greatest Ding heel, Hello. And, and and arguably you can say she's on the rock status right now in terms of. It's hard to tell with the fans not being there yet, but you know, with the way her antics are these days, she'll end up being that heel that just naturally becomes babyface in being herself as this heel persona, which then maybe the roles reverse. Maybe we revisit this angle again, and it's in a flip-flop way. Who knows? To be honest with you, Sasha's gimmick is a natural heel. Like, I get why it they is. turned to baby face, but her whole I'm better than you gimmick screams heel. It definitely does. And so, and that's why I said I would that's not That's why I'm kind of glad that they kept her mannerisms, though. Yeah. I was I was worried when they turned to baby face, they was going to have her be the Sasha Banks with the purple hair. Hmm. Where, yeah. where she was a baby face and just cheesy, you know, but they mm-hmm. kept her as the boss, the, boss. the blueprint, the standard, and all that, those nicknames. Mm-hmm. And I so, love it. I love it. And we'll see. Again, like I said, we'll see how it plays out. Sasha's baby face. Mm, yeah. Again, uh, crowds right now are very missed, so we'll see. But I definitely can see, like I said, this is my runner-up. But the winner definitely goes to Mr. Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. The Tribal The bloodline storyline. Yes, absolutely positively so ladies and gentlemen we are coming into our final award amongst <laughs> awards the award of all awards why well it's in the title of the show <laughs> baby life's a botch <laughs> it ain't about what you do in a botch it's the fact that you botched it got acknowledged and you move on from it baby now you mm-hmm. may get laughed at, you may get memes, you may get completely blasted. But for all you know, you acknowledge that you botched among botches. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present the award that is so fitting for this very show. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> here we have the botch of the year. So many of them, too. So many. I mean, really, this is a category that this entire year could fit into this very category. 2027 is a botch. <laughs> it very we much is. 
2020, the whole freaking year is a botch. And by far, in a way, not name this, you actually do win this award 2020 because you were the ultimate botch of the year. However, we still got nominees that we have to acknowledge so that we can say who really took this botch for the botches of the year, you know? But again, storylines, drag outs, horrible debuts, horrible everything. I mean, there's so much you can botch, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that being said, here we go with botch of the year. Man, they botched in a whole entire year, so. Exactly. So, I guess we'll go into the nominees for botch of the year. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. We have the infamous cinematic styled money in the bank ladder match, which was in a rat race like style, which featured something similar to that of the raid, where you had the women and the men competing at the same time. And there was a certain scene where the editors, I guess, tried to edit it and they didn't do a good job because you still could clearly see <laughs> that Nia Jax, the Nia Jax, not like most girls that botched. is, botched a moveset where she gorilla pressed Lacey Evans high above her shoulders and drops her. And yet, Lacey seems to just fall before she can even really drop her. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we have, if you don't believe me, you can go on the WWE Network, look up Money in the Bank 2020, watch the rat race style, and just wait towards the end when they get to the top and watch as Lacey Evans and Nia Jax battle it out, trying to get to the top of the ladder and just watch how Nia Jax lifts her up and then it camera cuts. And before you know, Lexi's <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> like, what happened? Ladies and gentlemen, I present. Nia Jax is the queen of botch. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, our next nominee of this award goes to a Monday Night Raw episode where we had a match. Cedric Alexander, upon his first fresh turn of being a heel, goes against his former friend Ricochet in a singles contest. And of course, this match was definitely exciting, giving the style of these two and how they are high flyers. But towards the end, Cedric Alexander hits his Michinoku-like driver move on Ricochet. The referee goes to count one two, three, but wait, Ricochet kicks out. Mm -hmm. And yet still, <laughs> your winner, Cedric Alexander, newly formed member of the yeah, Hurt I think, Business. I think that was on uh, the company because <laughs> I think Ivar got injured. Ivar, Eric, Hanson. It was whatever. very uh, a tope, you know, the moves that I hate. <laughs> so, uh, he got injured off of a tope, so they didn't relate a message to Ricochet to not kick out. 
So he was supposed to not kick out. So Ricochet did botch the finish, but at the same time, you kind of got to blame the company because they didn't, I guess they didn't tell him yeah. or he forgot. Nonetheless, so. that's a botch on both accounts, ladies and gentlemen. And that just might possibly be your winner because ladies and gentlemen, you even heard Michael Cole say it himself. Go listen to the audio. <laughs> he didn't kick don't, out. Don't, 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 do, don't do it to yourself. Don't do not go back and watch that episode. <laughs> dude, he kicked I out. Would never, I would never recommend out. anybody to watch Monday Night Raw ever. I watch yeah, it out of habit. And I'm trying to break that habit in 2021. Break, I'm trying break to break that habit. <laughs> you and me both, brother. I understand. Until they prove they are worthy to watch. I can't. They are going on strike. No Monday Night Raws for the next of 2020 until they prove they can give us a decent show. Darn it. Nonetheless, um, we still got some nominees for Botch of the Year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. We still got nominees here. So let's go into uh, <clears throat> the Rebel herself down there in NXT. The woman with the green hair and the tank herself. Miss Shotzi Blackheart, who went date her. for, oh yes, indeed, nonetheless, but Shotzi <laughs> Blackheart, <laughs> uh, Shotzi Blackheart goes for a springboard. Every... <laughs> he went the category. <laughs> Shanti Blackheart wrestles in the ring with Miss Tony Storm. Go ahead and insert your pun there. Hips, thighs, oh, Tony Go Two ahead. Cakes, yeah, <laughs> <The> cheeks. <laughs> oh, oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> excuse the puns. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Um, and Chase Robinson is a lucky guy. He is a lucky guy. He's a very lucky guy, and I get it every time. Quarantine, nonetheless, uh, <clears throat> does does a person good. But uh, <laughs> I mean, she, she was like this before quarantine. So oh, but quarantine made her. I pay attention. People, trust me. No. I pay attention to de- I pay attention to detail. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Shotzi Blackheart, everybody, goes against Tony Storm in a match on a resident NXT episode. And uh, I believe the match was just, you know, like uh, just, you know, one upsmanship kind of deal. No particular rivalry, nothing like that. But Shotzi Blackheart decided that she was going to go for a uh, springboard off the ropes. And, uh, well, I guess the timing was kind of off because maybe it was just a little something on the boots. I don't know. But as she went for it, she kind of slips, falls. But she played it off very well, ladies and gentlemen, because it's not like she hurt herself. She actually managed to tumble roll a little bit upon her falling in midair. But nonetheless, Shotzi was okay. She made it. She didn't get injured. She, made she played it off. She wiped it down like a true botchman is supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? So shouts out to Sashi Backhart on that. Our next nominee, and boy, this one might possibly be your winner, ladies and gentlemen. It might just take the cake. 
There was a pay-per-view in AEW by the name of All Outs. And ladies and gentlemen, there was a pre-show. pay-per-view. <laughs> the and longest ladies... pay-per-view. This was on the main show. This wasn't on the pre-show. This was Ooh, the main show. The main show. This was the, we paid to see this botch. <laughs> so this is a botch that you paid to see, ladies and gentlemen. I was under the intention that this was a pre-show match, but apparently it was nope. during the main show. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Evan Bourne, to those of you who may remember him in those days of WWE, which you probably don't because you barely saw him. But nonetheless, Evan Bourne, a.k.a. modern day Matt Seidel, goes for his infamous shooting star press. Jumps in the air and for some odd reason doesn't, I don't know if it just didn't process for him to completely turn and do a flip or if he just decided I'm just going to jump for the hell of it. I don't know, but the man jumps in midair and he doesn't do any kind of flip. He just pretty much does a incidental, accidental senton and lands completely hard on his back in a fashion that just was like, oh my God. God, what did you just do to yourself? Borderline breaking his neck almost darn near too. But, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Matthew Seidel is uh, okay. He's okay. Uh, but very memorable in terms of what the heck were you on? Were you on drugs, sir, when you did this move? Yes. Are you cleared? Are you no. sure you didn't take a little sip of something in the back before you he, got he out there? You had to have had something. To just yeah, some deep Hennessy or a bur or some bourbon. He had some strong because he wasn't all there. <laughs> they tried to turn into a storyline for BTE. If you don't know what BTE is, that's their kind of like their their spoof show on YouTube. But mm -hmm. yeah, he went all the way up and he came all the way down, crashing in a horrible botching fashion. Love you, ladies and gentlemen. Going on. I thought he broke his neck. I thought I thought he broke himself. <laughs> I'm like, did this man die? Like, did, did just is he some, dead? Poke him, coach. Poke him. Is he dead? Just the thud. The thud on the mat. You don't believe it, ladies and gentlemen. Just look it up. Just look up Matt Seidel botch. You know AEW, and just look at how the man literally. Hey, you can even check it out on the Life's Botch Instagram if you haven't seen it already. Just go check the clip. Looks like the man. You just hear the thud. <laughs> you hear the thud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, <is> loud thud. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You know what? When you get the clip, I want you to play it in slow motion and go, oh, no. I assure you, by all means, this bot. It's nothing that you should try at home. All right, kids? Don't try that botch at home. Nonetheless, going on to our next nominee of this award. Oh, y'all thought we were done? Oh, no. We, oh, no, there's more. There's more, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We had to condense this. There's so many botches in 2020 alone <laughs> outside of the year itself. We had to condense the botches. Oh, this one goes to the awesome one. The one that they call the Miz. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of that Monday Night Raw, that old so dreaded Monday Night Raw, 
That was a match between The Miz and the original regular Roger, Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt. And let's just say The Miz must have not realized that Bray had ducked and he just decided to kick the air for some reason. <laughs> Don't know what it was, why he did it, and what made him tumble over in the process. But ladies and gentlemen, The Miz kicks the ghost of Bray Wyatt, if you will, I guess. I don't know. Any ideas of what he was thinking or kicking, Josh? I don't know. I think he was kicking a fly. He saw a firefly. <laughs> he thought he was he thought he was wrestling the Colt Bray Wyatt and saw he he thought he saw a firefly. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he thought he was in a firefly firefly funhouse match or something. I don't know. Oh, you don't want to do that. That's an acid trip waiting to happen. <laughs> Hence the fact that he probably had it in his system. Whatever is from the Firefly Funhouse must have made it. We still it. don't even know what happened to John Cena. Haven't seen him since, people. Don't know where he is. Have he you died. seen him? I haven't. I think he did. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> oh, he's in the... He, he's in... Um, he's in uh, He's in between. He's in a loophole. He's caught in. He's he's caught in the in, into into oblivion. He's just literally in between this earth and the next. <laughs> and uh, speaking of in this earth and the next, oh god, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to our final nominee of this very award. The one, the only, who's next himself, Oldberg, with the <laughs> jackhammer, hackhammer, halfhammer. I'm gonna need know. you to correct yourself. It is a, it is, that was a hip attack. That was a wrist lock. That was a wrist lock takeover. That was a Canadian destroyer. That was not a jackhammer. This man could not even lift him up. On the fiend, ladies and gentlemen, um, Goldberg, old he's supposed to be a superhero, but you can't even kick, lift him. Uh, Goldberg, Foldberg, Botchberg, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, that was uh, a very, very obvious botch among botches. And also iconic finisher for so many years, and yet you know how I know it was a botch for the replays. They don't even show it. They show him. They think everybody think he beat the fiend with a spear. They don't even show the jackhammer no more because he could not pick him up. That's how bad it was. Mm. Horrible, ladies and gentlemen. Just so horrible. I don't get either, it. either that or or break um sandbag him. Oh, it's horrible. I would have did too. I would have sandbagged him too. I'm like, you on your own, bro. Pick me up. <laughs> With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Gresh, I must know. Aside from the year in its own right as a total, all of Monday Night Raw, all of WWE creative for that matter, who do you have taking the botch of the year? <laughs> Matt Seidel. (laughs) (laughs) 
Did you see the way this man twerked and landed? Like, bruh. And the big I, thud I, I, the I, was, I gasped for like a split second, and then I bust out laughing. <laughs> I gasped because I'm like, I hope he's okay. But as soon as I got him up, I bust out laughing. Like, this man literally just watched an entire shooting star press. Oh, my God. I was not expect, I was I was not expect I was not expecting Oh shoot that Oh man that yeah hit me off Yeah me off. Yeah nah I man listen I am right there with you The botch of the year is definitely going to Matthew Seidel I don't know what that was what you tried, what you thought when you got up there, maybe in your mind it played out a little differently than what it did in the air. <laughs> but, sir, again. I feel like your body just, I think your soul left your body midair and you just, you just, <laughs> like, I'm surprised they, <laughs> like, dang, bro. His body said, F you. I, I literally I'm said, it. I'm like, ain't no comeback from that, bro. You, you, <laughs> you ain't no comeback from oh, that. Oh, ain't no coming back at all, boy. And I was just like, man, all I could think of was, dang, remember that spot when he got RKO doing that? Gee, boy, does that make that look. Uh... I had to be up on him. I was waiting on somebody to be up on him and let him. Um... And catch him and catch him into something to play it off. I don't think nobody expected him to, to slip like that. Nobody expected it. And I sat there and like you, sir, I cracked up. I couldn't stop laughing. I had to play it a million times. Like, what did I just see? What is this? Is he dead? Is he alive? Did he make it? I see him wiggling. Wait, okay. Poke him with a stick. Make sure he's okay. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. <laughs> I told y'all I seen a dead body before. Simba, get up. Dad, get up. Dad. <laughs> get up. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oh my gosh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, I just punched the stream stop press. <laughs> uh, so, uh, our residential botchman of the year who takes home the botch of the year is none other than Matt Seidel. So, sir, all, all of these botches were hilarious. I think all, all, all y'all deserve an award. Yes, you all do. Round of applause because you y'all, all y'all deserve a participation award because y'all botched. <laughs> y'all 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 made me laugh so much. So <laughs> Throughout yep. this crappy year, y'all made me laugh so much. Yes. With, yes. With y'all botches. Whether it's yes. intentional or unintentional, it was still hilarious. Exactly. After and I found out you guys were okay. If you weren't okay, I wouldn't be laughing. But exactly. You're, you're fine. And that's not even including some of the promo botches that we've heard out there, and especially including most recently, Mr. MVP and Bobby Lashley, for whatever reason, botching Cedric Alexander's name. I don't know. How do you botch it? I don't know. But it is what it is. 
ladies and gentlemen. So I just want to say. Was this on Raw? Because if it was on Raw, I tuned out after 8.30. Like mentally, I checked out. Oh, it was. No yeah. worry. Coming to a clip near you on the Life's a Botch podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say um, we're going to end this on a definite serious note, though, uh, as part two of the awards, end of the year awards, Life's a Botch edition conclude. We have an award that we gave and nominated on part one which went to a fallen superstar that we lost in a very tragic way. And so we want to continue this award and actually give it to a co-representative of this very hero award. Ladies and gentlemen, on last night, the wrestling world was hit with a huge blow, stunned, devastated, shocked, uh, complete in awe when we found out that Mr. Brody Lee, leader of the Dark Order, the Exalted One, also known as Luke Harper, half, one-third of the infamous Wyatt family and the Bludgeon Brothers to those who remember. And ladies and gentlemen, we witnessed and found out that he had passed away. And due to the respect and and the fact that a lot of people were wondering what it was from, AEW gave a press release, uh, just you know, thanking and 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 giving remembrance of uh, Mr. Harper, Mr. Brody Lee, and um, of course, as we know. His wife then came out and later on made a long, lengthy post and gave us the detail on what happened and come to find out that it was due to a non-COVID-related lung problem. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we want to take this time to also acknowledge, just like we did with Shad Gaspard on part one, we would like to acknowledge the late, great Brody Lee, also known as Luke Harper, for such a phenomenal career, both in the indies and, of course, in the WWE and in AEW. Just, I would like to get your thoughts, uh, memories, some of your favorite matches or moments from Brody and or Luke Harper. Shoot, I have favorites from both, to be honest with you. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to, re- to realize that he's in AEW literally for a summer. Like, I think it was February until his death. Mm-hmm. And it's... He's one of those guys that you wanted to get behind, but whatever creatively difference that he had in his original employer they just didn't see anything in him. And instead of bitching and moaning and going under the radar, he literally just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to find work and I'm going to set the road on fire. And he did. Debuted as the exalted one. And then he'd be 
the TNT champion in AEW, you realize that he was one of those big men that were all that was always slept on, and that was always that was always overlooked. For what that's no that's that's neither here nor there now, because the man because at the end of the day the man that behind it John Huber, people with the with the stories and all this stuff just pouring it out and pouring out all all their stories and not, not one bad memory, not one bad post, not one bad quote that lets you know that he was the exceptional beyond exceptional human being and that saying goes the good die young 41 years old 41 years old and me personally was always a fan than big red eric rowan and it wasn't because of no, he's better than you. He's, he's just always felt drawn to him because to go back in time, people don't know who don't know who this guy is. Probably, I, people compared him to Bruiser Brody, and that was exceptionally correct. The dude was Bruiser Brody. Pen, pun intended. His name was Brody too. Mm-hmm. But it's like they had the same big guy that made you. He did things that you, he you someone his size should not be doing. Tope Suicidas, but he didn't overdo it. He did it when he when it needed to be done. He made the discus lariat or the discus clothesline look like he's literally trying to take your head off. People say, oh, JBL's clothesline was brutal. His was brutal because he was leaning into it. Mm-hmm. There's one thing for your, your opponent to to fall into it, but he was leaning into it to the point where he legitimately wanted to brew into he wanted to make sure your head was was up into into your knees. And if I had to let you guys know what match I would recommend you guys watching if you just want to relive, because I actually, when I found out that he died, I went back to watch him versus Cody, his last match ever. Him versus Cody in the dog collar match. That thing was beautifully done. Bell to bell, picture in picture and all. Hmm. That through the commercials and all that stuff. The thing was, you just, everything he touched, it made you literally think, wow, this guy is brilliant. He made the Dark Order relevant because a lot of people were like, oh, the Dark Order is cheesy. As soon as he came in, Dark Order, you took it serious. When he won that that TNT title, if you look back and when he actually won the title, when he destroyed Cody Rhodes, and you see that picture where he's standing tall, With everybody in dark order just standing over their poles and he had the TNT championship over. You knew he made it. He had that dominant run, that dominant one match with uh John Moxley at um what was it, double or nothing, where he took the paradigm shift or Death Rider, if you're a new Japan fan. He took it through the stage and the way he slowly stood up, he was like, Oh crap. Mox, you about to die. That's literally how you look because he was that scary. And in the end, all you can do is really think about what he um, what he brought to the industry. And honestly, if you ever if you ever want to get into the business, because I even had thoughts of like, okay, I might want to train to be a wrestler from time to time. If you ever want to get into business, he's one of those guys you will try to mimic as far as like being an exceptional 
performer. Yes, we don't we never met him personally face to face, but you can tell it, it, he impact one person <clears throat> has negative. And that's all you can think about. You do have those two, those two or three conspiracy theories, but they can f off. I'm not even gonna give you the time of day. But other than that, Godspeed, Brody Lee. You are the hero of the year. Not mainly because you die doing things heroically, like like what Shad Gaspar. You could never compare a death, but because you touched an industry that will last generations. Because Anybody, it's like, and you kind of think about it. Anybody named Brody is all automatically left an impact in the industry. Bruiser Brody, Brody Lee. Godspeed, my friend. Never met you, but you impacted me in ways that a lot of people don't because this hit me kind of like Kobe, mm-hmm. kind of like feel at the time you. When you sit here and reminisce and what you enjoyed from this, this man's, and if you want in, any more, uh, I guess any more uh, recommendations for matches to look back on, look back at his match with Dolph Ziggler in, at TLC. If you need a lot of matches mm-hmm. to look back on, criminally underrated. Mm-hmm. Also, look back at um, if you want to feel nostalgic, look back at Shields versus the Wyatt's at Hell in the Elimination Chamber 2014. That should have been a WrestleMania match, but it is neither here nor there. But yo. That's what you look back at. So continue to rest in peace. Thoughts and prayers continue to go out to the family of uh, Brody Lee, Luke Harper, John Huber. And I believe one little side note, I think pro wrestling tees are, um, they still have his his store up and they're in all proceeds. If you do buy a shirt or whatever goes to his family, all proceeds. Um, man, no, no hidden fees. I, I just, I believe I just bought while we was actually recording today's show. I was literally, I literally just complete my purchase because because nice. of him with him. Uh, because if you ever watched BT, you know he was obsessed with hitting people in the face with paper. So so he made the smallest thing work. So so I got the one where he was he was uh hitting hitting them with the paper, and I'm like, yeah, I like that. So I'm telling you, man, this. <clears throat> Josh, you uh, said it so perfectly and you hit it right on the nail. Um, it's been, you know, just to scroll through Twitter and see and Instagram as well and just to see the messages from so many talents. But the most <clears throat> important part is the fact that we as wrestling fans before this moment were trying to compare which companies were better, this and this and that, that. This death has literally united every single wrestling promotion you've had guys and girls from every promotion from wwe aew impact wrestling ring of honor indie scenes you name it all of these talents out here um literally paying respects and showing um just how significant of a loss this was uh, to the wrestling community, uh, you know, amongst a generational talent, man, just somebody who was way, way underrated. But, uh, you know, and it's, and I, and I just, I know he can see it. 
Um, the only thing that ever gets me is just, you know, when they say you never know what you got until it's gone. And the fact that you see this outpour of love um, just goes to show that, please, those, I say this, fans, I know we got trolls out there that are going to be trolls and they will always be what they are. But please, respect and show love for all of those talents out there while they are still here. Because in the social media era, when you have trolls who are saying these negative things, such as they suck or they can't wrestle or they do this and that, me and Josh critique all the time on shows like this. But even then, we do it in ways of respecting the business and still respecting what individuals do. You know, this is Life's a Botch podcast, but we do that to be fun, you know, to take a botch and make fun out of it. But at the end of the day, we still respect the talents. We still respect the business as a whole. And again, we just salute every last one of those. And as you recommended some matches, I recommend check out the Wyatt family's feuds with the Usos, you know? Oh yeah. Battle battlegrounds, out, 2014, all of those, you know, battlegrounds, I mean? 2014 Harper and Rowan versus uh, the Usos for the tag team championships. Yeah, man. They went to Harper. war so many times. Uh, the new day, uh, you know, going to war, uh, with the Wyatts. I mean, just it, there's so many matches you can pick and pull from, um, you know, and I mean, they truly, he truly was a man that, that definitely uh, should get spotlighted in so many ways. And I'm just thankful that we got to live to see this man uh, do his thing. And we can tell uh, our children, we can tell, you know, future generations, all that good stuff about his greatness and what it was like living through that. Um, and shout out and big salute to J.R. Jim Ross, who today took Brody Lee's son to a Jaguars game. Compliments of AEW. And uh, so I just want to salute all of and, those out there who were just- And he had a smile on his face, which is all that mattered. Yes, yes, absolutely. So salute to all um dash and and cash you know like salute to them for you know being close friends and and just you know those who really really were completely close close uh directly with harper and his family and just being able to you know sit there and say hey um i promise to vow to take care of them a lot like we saw with shad and how we seen as we mentioned on part one with Shelton Benjamin and how close he was to Shad Gaspard's family and just salute to all the wrestlers who do that. You know, that, that really truly means a lot uh, as a child who probably grows up in the business. And I can't imagine what that would be like to lose, you know, your father, but then to have all of these like public figures coming and, and embracing you and literally uh, being mentors uh and being there for you completely is just such an amazing thing to see uh that we truly have each other's backs uh so again rest in peace to john huber aka the exalted one brody lee aka luke harper rest in peace and we just want to give a special rest in peace to those who we lost uh, this year in pro wrestling uh, from Pat Patterson, Brody Lee, Shad Gaspard, Rocky Johnson. Uh, real quick, listeners, 
if we could give a quick 10 second moment <clears throat> of silence for those that we lost in the wrestling community on this year. It would be greatly appreciated letting them know we will not forget them. Their legacies live on in the wrestling world and we are thankful for them. So really quick, a quick moment of silence. Right, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, of course, you're not going to end this on a sad note. We're going to also just say that we want to thank y'all for listening and checking out our collab show, our first annual end oh, yeah. of the year awards. I mean, what a year! What a year! What a year! You know, uh, ups, downs, in between. A lot of downs. What the haze? A lot of downs for sure, but some high moments in between. You know, some moments that kept you on your toes or had you at least talking throughout the week for sure. Um, and a lot of moments of what the heck did I watch? Why did I watch it? And I can't take that back. Uh, <laughs> so at uh, all, I, st- at I all. still want my time back. We still want the time back, which we can't get back, unfortunately. But nonetheless, uh, I would like to thank my oos, my brother from another coming out of the Gresh Unleashed podcast to, you know, when I presented him with the idea, like, hey, man, let's get together and just do a collab end of the year award show for you guys. You know, I'm down. You know, uh, (laughs) we always trying to come up and be different, you know, come up with something innovative for y'all. And so uh, I want to give my brother the floor and allow him to tell you guys what he's got coming up in store for next year. And more importantly, where to find him and follow every bit of what he is doing with Gresh Unleashed. Oh, yeah. You're going to see a lot of this, a lot more of this space in 2021 because I have a a few plans. Hopefully, by the grace of God, I can actually accomplish the plans first and foremost i know next year 2021 the podcast will be returning after a week the first week you won't see it you'll see it the week after because i'm taking i'm literally going dark for the next week going into the year new year but for as far as gresh unleashed as well as gresh the actual person because that is not just a slogan that is literally this guy but i'm going to be doing a lot more stuff on youtube a lot a lot more reviews and be more open and more laid back and not really take things serious as far as like with the content but, I'm, but you're gonna see a lot more content coming from your boy all you gotta do is hit up joshuagresham.org and i will that will be all that will obviously be updated a lot throughout the week before i completely go dark so you can always keep up to date with everything going on at joshuagresham.org you, you'll you'll find my social media links all that good stuff so if you just need one location instead of just going all over these places so if you don't feel like searching, just go to joshuagresham.org and, and you can do all that stuff. We'll return in 2021. Mm. Yeah. 
Love it, yes, man. Yes, your boy. Your boy. You can follow me on Twitter, too. At Josh Gresham RG. I, talk, I, I, I post random things all the time. It's okay. Please, follow this man on Twitter. I mean, it's always a pleasure and a journey with all the back and forths that we do on Twitter. I mean, you just never know what you're going to find on there. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, definitely follow my guy. You already know, man. You know where to follow the Prince of Botch, man. Already, first and foremost, continue to head over to the Instagram page at Life's a Botch Podcast. Go make sure you check out the story. Go ahead. Like I said, we we took some, not all, but some of the categories that we found most highlightable. Just to see. You just know, to see just to see what y'all think. You know what I'm saying? So uh, make sure you check out in the story and, and cast your votes. You know, see if you agree with what we're saying. Uh, so far, most of you do, and we appreciate y'all for that. That means we know what we're talking about. We some intellects out here. You know what I'm saying? For all you podcasters out there you, talking trash like you're the only smart guy in the wrestling business. No, sir. You got a couple of smarts right here. Except we a lot cooler and we are, you know, a lot more less know, sensitive. You know what I'm saying? T- we, we don't get offended. Like if, you, yeah, if we yeah, take, yeah, we can yeah, take we, a joke. Yeah, we know how to take jokes. You know what I'm saying? We know how to listen to the people. All right, because we hear y'all. We know what y'all want. We hear what y'all say. We speak what y'all want us to say. And you know what? That's how we do it. We do it with style, baby. You know what I'm saying? Nonetheless, though, we would like to thank y'all for tuning in. All right. Make sure you subscribe if you're a new listener. Uh, Thank you for listening in with us. We hope we keep you entertained. Make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. So shout out to you, YouTube. Tubers out there. I want to shout out OTS guys. You know what I'm saying? OTS network because uh well, you know, we got major things coming going into next year, not just right here on Lights and Botch podcast, but the OTS network and movement as a whole. We got merch coming up soon for y'all. Life's a botch merch coming up pretty soon, by the way. You know what I'm saying? And a collab That's coming merch pretty soon. So collab yeah. merch, you already know right here Never with know. myself and Gresh. So y'all be on the lookout for that. You know what I'm saying? We got more interviews we're going to work on and get for y'all for next year, man. I'm trying to get some stuff worked out so we can have some bigger and better interviews going into the new year. So y'all stay tuned on that. And of course, nonetheless, man, I'm just going to keep trying to drop that content for y'all. Maybe a little quiet like my boy Josh, you know, at the first couple of weeks or so, you know. So bear with me. Don't worry. We're still going to bring some content for y'all. But in the meantime, you can always bet I'm just going to have something for y'all in the meantime so with that being said i am your neighborhood residential prince of botch Dwayne, and this right here is your residential oos and tribal podcasting chief ha 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 as you know the one the only <laughs> mr <laughs> josh gresham podcasting chief you know it. There you go. <laughs> See what I did there, buddy? I am, the, I am the head of your podcasting table. There you go. Right there, man. Hey, there you go. Acknowledge, baby. Acknowledge him. You already know. You see, that's the swagger right there. It's already there. He got all he needs is Jack Liquor right there, you know, put an advocate behind him, you know, and he's good, man. Good to go. Put a dinner plate in front of him, you know what I'm saying? Hey. All I have is axe. ladies and gentlemen y'all already know what it is so life's a botch podcast salute to everybody out there hope y'all had a happy happy holidays and more importantly happy new year because we will see y'all come next year and with that we are signing
We are out of time. See you in 2021, weirdos. Peace. <laughs>